Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, as always, Dr. Josh Satterley. And I've got a really special recording for you today. This was a podcast we recorded recently at a Clinic Gym Hybrid Live event. This one was out in St. Louis at uh, Winchester Spine and Sport, which is the worldwide headquarters of Brett Winchester and his crew. And um, yeah, on this on this podcast, we have myself, Kurt Kippenberger, who was my assistant instructor for the weekend, and then two of the uh, chiropractors that work there at Win- Winchester Spine and Sport, which is Taylor Premer and uh, Dr. Peter Roy. So uh, we had a great conversation. Now, this is after the... <laughs> This is at the end of, the, of of day one, and it was also during a happy hour. So you might hear a couple glasses being clinked and some people chat, chatting in the background. That's because we were lucky enough to have Jane Software, uh, you know, EHR, the Jane app. They they sponsored a happy hour for the day, and we'd already had a couple beverages before we started. So uh, this one's kind of a, a casual conversation, but talking about a lot of stuff that went on that day in the in the course, and I thought it was a fantastic interview. So I wanted to share that. Now, it goes on for a while, partly because there's stuff being served. So we actually broke it into part one and part two. So this will be part one of this recording. And then next week, we will bring you part two of it. But again, this is a conversation I had at the end of our day one with Kurt Kippenberger, uh, Taylor Premer, and Peter Roy, and myself. And you might hear a couple other doctors pop in that were attending the course as well. So with that, let's jump in. hope you enjoy. All right. Well, what's up, everybody? We're here at the uh, Clinic Gym Live course here in beautiful Troy, Missouri. That's right. Thanks so much for hosting us, Taylor. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank Brett. He's the one that's that's actually eating it. But He's I'm not here, though, facilitating. So Yeah, exactly. Matter. Yeah. Brett, we left the uh, rent money uh, on the front porch. It's under the mat. It should be there. A couple yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah. If it's not, somebody took it. Yeah, for sure. Doors I mean, are all unlocked. How yeah. like it? And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, we're we're teaching this one. Uh, how many is this, Kurt? We're five, four. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Four or five. And into it. And uh, I thought it went awesome today. Yeah, I would agree. We got a lot of engagement. Uh, we have a mix of practicing chiropractors, their trainers, their rehab CAs, and everybody is on point. They brought a lot of stuff. I learned some things today. I'm always really, yep. really encouraged by that when I take a seminar. I'm, I'm uh, impressed, and I think we've hit a milestone with how many people are sending their like CA and trainer in to get this blended model instead of it just being like a Cairo who's a year away from hiring them. Like we got it here. So That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember in Austin at the first conference, I brought Christy and she was alone as a trainer, right? Yeah, exactly. Lone wolf trainer. And she saw huge value in it. And I think because of us talking it up, I think a lot of people are seeing that value to bring their trainers here. Uh, I already heard that there's a few that have FOMO that did not either have their doctor or their trainer or CA here. And one thing too is, you know, uh, we have a tradition at the end of every day, we give out a prize for the best question or best takeaway of the day. And uh, today, both of my candidates were the were people playing that CA trainer role versus the doctors. Not to say the doctors weren't asking quick questions. Steve, your buddy, uh, Steve couldn't help but ask a few a few questions and try and poke holes in the model. But which is great. Yeah, we need that. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we crushed him. We absolutely <laughs> eviscerated him. Was even close. Questions? No. <laughs> yeah. No. It's really good questions, and I think that's one of the things about the clinic gym model is, man, it really attracts like some of the most experienced. I mean, 
you look at the number of seminars on average the people in here are, you know, on average they're they've done a couple DNS. On average, they've done a couple McKinsey classes. On average, they've done SFMA. On like and that's the average, and then we got some people that are a couple standard deviations away from you know above that, right? Which is incredible. It's exciting. It's a great yeah. mix. Really good mix of people. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic. So, uh, what do you guys think? You've never seen this before, Kurt and I have taught it before. But what what were your thoughts or what did you notice throughout the day? I mean, Taylor, you've been to is it seven hundred? We up to seven hundred continuing uh, classes? Yeah, seven hundred thousand. Yeah, dollars it's. Pretty stupid. Exactly. No, I thought you guys uh, you did a great job with the flow. I think that's what I really took away from it. Is like uh, you built a model in the first two hours, and then you built upon it even further in the next yeah. couple. The, the thing that I've, I'm lucky, I've been to a couple seminars before, sure. and you kind of get the flow of it. And I thought you did a really good job of keeping everybody engaged. But yeah, I just took away some really good regressions and progress. I think that's the biggest thing. Like you, you both of you guys, I think would say if you can take away how to build the model and then yeah. how to actually make it implementation for. Right. for for your trainer, you know, maybe someone that doesn't have the experience yeah. that any one of us do, but they can right. they can produce the same results maybe in sure. the model. Yeah, and and have the confidence of being like, oh, I understand the system. Like, I think we we forget as we get so great at getting rid of pain, all those things. When you're early as a student, you're like, tell me exactly the protocol to do this. Tell <laughs> right. me exactly this. Yeah. And we think that all of a sudden that goes away for that person that's joining our practice for the first six months. It's like they want that system and you'll they'll improve it later, right? They'll 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 swap out a couple things, they'll do this. But if you're like, just follow this exact model for the first thing, you're gonna have ninety percent success, right? And then you can start expanding or like you guys work in a heavy DNS environment. Cool. Where does that fit along the way? Versus, uh, I think a lot of, of young providers just, it's like, hey, just do DNS with that person. And it's like, right. I, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah. And let, that's somebody with three years, three and a half years of, of chiropractic education. That's not like mm-hmm. a trainer off the street, you know? That's right. And I mean, something that we've, uh, we kind of stole from you a little bit too, is like, even in our chiropractic office outside of the gym setting, we have what we call phases. So phases of care and the last phase is always transition to the gym. And so that's kind of how we build it in our practice. But you, you've built the same thing into your model of these phases of progressions, regressions. We yeah. call it different things, but you know, we may, we may start with a, a acute low back pain of doing MDT and then transferring them into respiration, intradominal pressure, no different than maybe you would start with your pushing exercises with some regressions in the push-up model all the way up until maybe above body weight, uh, push-up model. So yeah. I thought that there was some really good synergy and some good takeaways in that, that thing for me. So and the, the end Go goal in all of our patients is to get them in, into this room, get them in the gym, get them off the treatment table. You know, we can obviously make some good changes there, but with our trainer, Natalie here, I mean, the goal is to literally get them in this building and, and get them working out, get them something that transitions to real life. And, you know, they can actually see the progress. Yeah. One thing that's interesting about your guys' uh, location and model too, you just made me think about Taylor's. I wonder if you like broke into like cohorts of like, all right, we're going to, we're going to take these people and get them into the gym. And no, at no point are we going to talk about in, intra-abdominal pressure. Let's just say you're like, okay, we're going to make a crazy decision not to talk about that. How much slower or how many more visits does it take to get them into the gym and flip side? Because you would start noticing things. Cause you know, there's always things like great idea, really difficult to get people to buy off on great idea, really easy to get people to buy off on. And then it's like, great idea. I can think of a couple. It's like, yeah, they didn't work at all. <laughs> you know, like uh, when you realize like in certain, you start dry needling and you're like, man, 
I can drop a couple needles and get the same effect as doing 15 minutes of ART and my thumbs hurt. And I love ART. Don't, I don't, I'm not bashing that. I'm just saying yeah. you realize, man, that efficacy of a couple needles is is higher for the amount of time. How much more value can you, if you if you followed that, chased it for a few years, how much more value can you provide to that patient to go like, the reason I'm doing respiration is I know it's going to take three less visits to get you deadlifting. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there might be something you're doing today that you're like, uh, that was great. Uh, it just didn't like, I kind of dabbled in PRI for a while. And after a while I was like, I don't, it doesn't hit the accelerator a lot. And it's hard for people to understand. I'm not trying to take anything away from PRI. I'm just saying like, it didn't advance things like I wanted it to. And then other things that I've incorporated, uh, have just blown me away with their efficacy. And I think, man, that's a great way to get patient buy-in great way for them to shed that, like I'm broken mentality. Right. And get that mental resiliency is, Hey, you, you can recover in, you can be deadlifting in seven visits is a lot more powerful than you can be deadlifting after 25 right. to 30 visits. Yeah. You know, no, it's so true. And I, I think it's a, it's something that we're trying to, to, you know, Brett and I, with this whole Gestalt education thing, we're trying to get people to realize the importance of still putting your hands on your patients, which I think is the importance of this clinic gym hybrid model is because there's a certain faction of our, our chiropractic profession that thinks that you should just slap your patients on the butt, give them a pep talk and go, go for a walk or go to the gym right away. Some of our patients, that's the reason that they're in our clinic is because they didn't have the proper supervision. They weren't taught how to do in the gym. And so I think if we can blend this model of the patients that actually want to come work out, For we sure. can use our tools that we have with our hands, whether that's manipulation, dry needling, whatever that might be, to transition them into a safe environment that they can then, you know, achieve their goals and actually get back into the gym versus just going to Planet Fitness and sitting on a machine and hammering around their joints. And then now, yeah, now the gym is what got me hurt. Right. No, it's not the gym that got you hurt. Is your shitty programming and your your shitty supervision. So right. if we can be that bridge for our patients, I mean that is a no brainer, and that's something that we should be striving for as a healthcare system. Right. Period. And, and I'll tell you, man, there's nothing better for chiro- chiropractic buying. Like, try and press this 55 pound kettlebell. Like, ah, oh, my shoulder hurts. Kind of this. All right, hold on. Hop over here to this table. Bing, bang, boom. Drop two needles. Do some great adjustments. Go back to that press, and I'm like, oh my god. It's totally freed up. I feel like I can press a whole lot. There is not another profession I know that can do that like right now with what you got in the gym. It's true. You know, in the it's immediacy. Like, yeah. Yes. So true. It's like, uh, you know, as, a, as my friend said, you know, in the Bible, it's all about Jesus laid his hands upon someone and they could walk. Nobody says Jesus wrote a prescription for four to six weeks of rest and, and ibuprofen and they could <laughs> walk. Brace, yeah. yeah. That would have never, that would have never sold so Christianity, yeah, you know? Exactly hey, there you right. go. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, he had everything, right? He had water to wine. He could have, you know, probably had acetaminophen or whatever he wanted, but right. what did he end up doing? He put his hands on people like chiropractors, right? He had his priorities straight as well. Yeah. Head. That's exactly I don't right. want to say that we are Jesus. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't say that, but we're like him. Yeah. 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 We have his power. So, yeah. And he sure. wants us to be like him. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Dang it. That turned really Christianity, Christianity really quick. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> well. Let's talk about third term abortion next or something Whoa. like that. So <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. But hey, uh, actually go real quick. Let's thank Jane. They're one of our sponsors yeah, for right. this weekend. Sure. Uh, the noise that you guys hear in the background is actually all of our attendees having a fantastic tailgate. Uh, we broke down the ping pong table so we could set up the podcast, but yeah. we had ping pong, we had cornhole, ciders, seltzers. Taylor's generous enough to tap in those. Oh, man. I, I need a. There's none left. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we went the drinkers here. <laughs> 
could use one of them. Yeah, into the no, barrel. No one's gonna but, toss you in. Yeah, no. Jane App is uh, doing amazing things for uh, our profession and across other allied health professions, and for sure, we can't be thankful enough. They they've dove into us and uh, we're digging into them and it's fantastic yep. yeah for sure and I think it's cool they support like uh, above all they support community you know it's not just right. like hey sell these things it's they're, they're really pushing to have like hey let's have a great community yeah yeah so this is the first time like you and I have chatted what what takeaways did you have uh, he was talking about you know the progressions and regressions but yeah I think physically getting on the ground and doing a little bit of exercise in a seminar yeah. is something you don't you don't see often in the first you know the first four hours you know typically you sit in a you sit in a lecture chair and you Work. listen for eight hours yeah. and you're you go you go home that night going what the hell did I just oh, it's pay worst. for yeah you don't realize how much you move in clinic until you sit at a oh, continuing yeah. ed seminar yeah. for eight hours you're like this is what people do like at their <laughs> office all day you get jittery oh my yeah. god this is horrible but actually feeling some of that stuff I yeah. mean we we carried a, a kettlebell for two minutes and you could feel you know okay I feel my my wrist extensors I feel my shoulder blade just just feeling certain yeah. things and I think I smelled your intestines cooking on that one yeah there was something that that happened that time <laughs> um, but I mean that's you know as, as chiropractors saying you know go in the gym go work out you you don't experience that yourself all the time you know what what that feels like so it's good to actually get your hands on and, and yeah. get a little dirty yeah and as we you know in the seminar we try and like hey do it then coach it and uh, did you see anything funky along the way because one of the issues with having a coaching class like this is most people in this room are pretty healthy they're yeah. working out they're eating pretty well like they're and they're obviously educated about health but you still see some funky stuff right oh yeah and uh, we saw some asymmetries I remember in the pressing lab you know overhead pressing like you saw I can't remember who it was, but she could rep out like three or four on her right side, on her left side, barely get it off the uh, off the ground. It was yeah, interesting. Amanda. She she was telling me, oh, I've been dealing with a stomach bug for the last two weeks. <laughs> and I was like, well, man, like systemic inflammation totally affects musculoskeletal oh, yeah. health, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, to be in the weeds and actually see some things, you know, people are walking like they're drunk. They're walking a little wonky. They're carrying something different, you know, just to see that thing pop. Right. And those different. are the healthy yeah. ones, you know. Think about <laughs> and we're well, supposed to be the leaders in yeah. healthcare, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys here deal with like if people that are in like farmers or like light agriculture, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, and uh, dealing with tons of of what would you call it? low level insult all the time, right? Like a little strain here, a little yeah, uh, sitting in an excavator all day for eight hours a day for twenty right. years. And it, and there's certainly people that would never complain about anything, right? They're tougher than <laughs> yeah, tougher than a set of wood woodpecker lips, as uh, one of my <laughs> patients said. But uh, that's pretty tough. Yeah, <laughs> woodpeckers. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So I just think like those are the people you're going to see on Monday, and how much different would that be? And the flip side, man, they're incredibly resilient. Yeah, incredibly very true. Yeah. Very true. I think uh, I think how you guys broke down. Uh, starting would be it was another good takeaway for me, you know. I think that's the the thing that everybody struggles with, and in theory, everybody in our you know our sect, if you will, of this profession wants this clinic, wants this gym. But then, like, how do you actually do it? How do you do it that is affordable? You know, we talked a lot about today. Okay, you're a first year chiro student. You can't afford these racks. You can't afford a, a free motion machine. Like, yeah. how do you regress it or progress it to the point that, of what you can afford? So, right. I thought that was a really good takeaway too. I thought Kurt, you had some good ideas on space and some other things like that so uh, that, that was another really yeah. good takeaway I always laugh when you know you see people post in the group all the time they're like oh man I'm opening a gym so I bought a squat rack I'm looking at squat racks it's like 
That's it's not like the, the stamp of approval, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Every every good good clinic's got to have a big squat rack, right? Yeah. 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 And it's like, do you start I mean, with a kettlebell? It? See if you like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> let's yeah. let's start there. Yeah. No, it's yeah. very true. So yeah. I think I think the tools that you provide, you know, this even the spreadsheet that you're uh, that includes like the square foot, mm-hmm. how many people you can have per like what do you need to charge to make right. it make it actually make money? Because at the end of the day, like this is an awesome model for our patients and for healthcare, but it also you're taking up square footage that could be filled with doctors' offices. Yeah. How do you make it profitable? And so yeah. I think uh, you know that is a that's an an always an evolution. Even like we're we're kind of dealing with that right now. We've had some change at Winchester Spine and Sport. Uh, we had our long term therapists leave us so like now we're trying to contemplate of like how do we fill that void you know you still need to, to make the numbers work but then is it worth it to add another massage therapist is it maybe we need that more for rehab space maybe we need more passive modalities in that area maybe we need another doc so uh i i think whenever you can you can crunch the numbers and make things yeah. work that's that's what it all needs to happen right yeah and it's a uh, the gym side i think like so many chiros are are could fill a gym, could have classes if they just looked at that spreadsheet and were like, oh, wow, I'm kind of turning my nose up at all these people. Because I don't know how many times you guys hear this, having a gym and, and a clinic, how, have you ever heard the statement like, oh my God, I didn't know this existed. This is exactly what I've been looking for. Yes. And it's like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people <laughs> looking for it and, I, and we're the ones to provide it. But so many times like, well, no, we just do chiropractic here right. or it's just a gym. Right. And especially in a small boutique gym setting, you don't need a hundred new gym members a month. Like for us, we just want 10% of our new patients, which is generally about five a month. Like five fills the cups. It, it keeps us growing. It's sustainable, especially for our space requirements yeah. right now. Right. And you can provide a, a really good onboarding experience, like really get involved, remember their name. Yeah. I think that's, can't be uh, undersold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing too, uh, uh, we talked a lot about customer service today. That is like literally the priority number one. Every staff meeting that we have here is built around customer service. Like everybody thinks that they're going to come to Winchester Spine Sport and every doctor's meeting, we're talking about DNS and clinical stuff and dry needle and stuff. No, it, it is all built around customer service. Yeah. What can we do to make it a better experience? And I thought you brought up some really good points and some things that you could do for your patients. You too have like the, the water, even water bottles with their name on yeah. it. Or like, uh, you know, we talked about knowing their, their first names and stuff. So do you have any other things that maybe we didn't talk about today just for my own selfishness of like some, some of your favorite ways <laughs> well, of customer service? I think it's really easy. Like, I mean, I'm just looking at the space. Like it's really easy in gyms to just get kind of cluttered. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I'll just put these, I'm looking at foam rollers over there. Let's put it over because we just got done with them. And then nobody comes in and goes exactly where should they go back. But if you think about any high end thing in the world, like the first thing you see is like, it's sparkly clean and it's super organized, right? So I don't know what the highest end experience, but like, I'm trying to think of, uh, I was just at Parker Vegas. We went to a high-end restaurant for dinner. There's not random busser dirty dishes sitting around. They're exactly where they should be. And as soon as they're, as soon as somebody goes to clear the table, it's out of there and gone and hidden. Even if there's a mess in the back, it's like the front stage. You never sacrifice that, right? And when you walk through Vegas, I'm sure you've had this experience. You go to the the. I remember the story, the Bellagio when it first opened. They had a full-time employee. Their whole job was just to basically clean the, the glass windows as you went in, the doors. They stood there all day and just cleaned all the windows back and forth like because fingerprints were the killer, right? And like, hey, it's worth it to because that's where everybody has their first experience, right? And then when it changed hands, it people like, ah, that's not, it's not worth yeah. that employee. And they got a bunch of comments about it like their second and third year. Like, hey, what, what, how come the windows are so dirty, right? So you think about like when somebody walks into a chiropractic clinic, it, it literally can't be clean enough. And I always, 
I don't know, drives me nuts when like people like use like tape to put up a little sign like, hey, we're closed on Memorial Day. And then they peel that sign off and they leave the tape. <laughs> like little things like that matter, right? Yeah. Sure. And if you go to like the the highest end strip um, and the Las Vegas strip, you go to the high end hotels, they don't allow that stuff. You go to the low end hotels, they're fine with it, right? Yeah. And that residual stuff about, yeah, we care, but just not that much. I don't think can be oversold. And I, I don't know who has the best experience of, of chiropractic clinic. And I think there's this weird thing now that you brought this up. Some people think like it's either you're a really good practitioner or you have great customer service. Like I don't focus on that. I want to provide great care. Cool. But why not have both? Like why would you rob anybody of both? You know, it's like Disney. It's like, yeah, we have the best experience and our food options are really good. We have the best experience and we have, have the best the tipping parents. system. And <laughs> we have this. Yeah. yeah. And it, why, why are they separate? You know, why, why do people treat them as separate in healthcare? And what would it do for somebody if they want to show up, you know, want to show up to their office because it's a great experience and also they know what the hell they're doing. Right. And so many people in our profession, I think they're like, oh, I've been to DNS and McKinsey and everything. So I'm going to open up this little clinic and I'm going to have a crappy table and uh, I'm not going to have any artwork on the wall. And, you know, yeah. the, the carpet's just like whatever. The I'm not going to shower. And <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wear running shoes yeah, and like the same sure. sweats and blah, blah, blah. It's like, why not get really dressed yeah. up for your patient? Why not wear a new shirt? Like, yes, you could argue against every single one of those points. You could argue like that doesn't matter. But it's a little bit plus a little bit plus a little bit plus right. a little bit plus a little bit is a yeah. lot. Yeah. Brett's I think we've got our first panel question, actually. Yeah. Nolan. How do you get your staff to buy into that? To the, the customer experience? Yes, and to the cleanliness and those little details. It's a great question because, I mean, it's not just to that, right? It's like you got to get staff buy-in at every level for everything. Whether it's like, hey, do your notes on time. Like, you probably do it like... That that's one thing, Ooh. and then Dan. <laughs> sorry, not trying to throw knives here, Doug. Yikes! That was a direct hit. <laughs> that wasn't a ricochet shot. That was a direct hit. So, same. I think one of the things is why does that matter? Why does that matter? So one thing I've learned that people connect with is get them to talk about their worst experience, like in healthcare, and that usually is around. Have you ever taken your so like have you ever taken your mom or your grandmother to an appointment? Hold on, we're gonna have a guest speaker here. Yeah. I, I actually have a really good example of this. Okay. My uh, three year old daughter just started a new daycare. Okay. I walk in there every single day and I leave it just mad because it's cluttered, dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is extremely dirty. And yeah. I, I wanna reach out to the staff and like help them and be like, hey, you need to run a better business here. Yeah. But so what I, what I think is important in all those things is get your staff or your team to connect emotionally to the problem and then identify as we are not like that, right? If, if you grabbed one of those daycare centers and walked them over to like, hey, let's go, like there's this taco shop in my area called Roberto's. And I always tell my friends, it's so authentic that I'm pretty sure they import the bathrooms from Mexico. <laughs> it's horrible. They're the dirtiest bathrooms you've ever seen. They smell like the handle doesn't lock. It's horrible. Oh, you know it when you yeah. see it. So I would take the daycare person and be like, let's go to, I'm going to take you to lunch. I go to Roberto's. I'm like, can you believe how dirty this place is? Can you imagine if your mom used that bathroom? And they'd be like, oh my God, I would, ne- I would never let her do that. Blah, blah, blah. And then 
get them to emotionally connect with how you, not themselves, right? Like you would be willing to, oh, I'll use the bathroom, but if I'm like, how about your wife? How about your nine month pregnant wife? And that's the only bathroom she can use. You're like, I would never tolerate that. <laughs> if I can get you to emotionally connect with that. And then I go, cool. Hey, let's audit our bathroom. Let's go look at our bathroom. What do you think? Let's, let's take a fresh look at it. I'm going to open the door and the first, tell me the first thing you see. And you open the door and you go, dude, there's a huge dust bunny in the corner. Cool. How about this? We're going to check it at lunch and at the end of the day, no more dust bunnies, right? That's our, that's our new rule. That's our new standard, right? Okay, cool. And then we go, uh, hey, let's audit it in a couple, in another couple days. And you open the door like, what do you see? It's the... Like something drives me nuts in bathrooms, the little bits of toilet paper. Like you can have a cl sparkling clean thing and then that little corner of toilet paper throws it all off, right? And you know that was somewhere where you didn't want it to be. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> right. Very true. And do you really want to get down and pinch your fingers around, it's white toilet paper, but you're like, who knows where that's been? Yeah. You know? Who knows the things There's that There's going to be a dark corner seen. somewhere yeah. on that thing. <laughs> we all know where that's been. His brother is a dingleberry. You know that, right? <laughs> well, but. and so we do the exact same thing, and we systematized it where we have a spreadsheet, and it's literally like go around the clinic and find what's broken, dirty, or off. A, B, C priority. A priority is we got to call the plumber and get this fixed today. B priority is something we table, maybe discuss and try to create a budget option. So like uh, paint, you know, paint's always an issue, especially in a gym, right? Always getting nicks, always that stuff. A C priority is something you can pick up ideally with a pair of gloves in this previous example and take care of it right immediately. And so we just do those audits all the time and one of the things that we do get complimented on is cleanliness. I think another thing that you guys do really well here at Winchester is you scratch the five senses. So visually, it's appeasing. The textures feel good. Yeah. We've got essential oils in the bathroom that smell nice. It's not overbearing. So if we can scratch all five senses, it makes our patients and our clients feel very comfortable and they want to buy and refer people to us. Yeah. I think too, like what something as far as getting the staff bought in, something that we do at all of our staff meetings is just uh, Brett. Brett always poses the question of like, if you were the best in the world at your specific task, what would that look like? So even like our front desk staff, like June, like June, if you were the, she's the first point, she's the person everybody sees when they walk in. Like June, yeah. if you were literally the best person in the world at what you're doing, like what would that actually look like? So then you know we we pride ourselves, we try to be where we want to be the the best office in the world. Period. So like that's our standard of you know like if we had standard of movement today, that's our standard of, of care here. We know that our treatment is going to be world-class. The experience has got to be world-class. And so then we just continue to tr attract people that, that also want to feel that way. So, and then Brett always like in our staff meetings. So we meet every, uh, the first month, first Wednesday of every month, uh, we'll do a different like case study on a good, uh, like customer service aspect. So whether it's like Chick-fil-A or, uh, what's the hotel chain? Ritz Carlton. Ritz Carlton. Yeah. Yeah. Ritz -Carlton or, uh, you know, the, the difference between Ritz Carlton and the Holiday Inn or like Costco now, like Costco has actually a really good customer experience. Right. Ironically, even though it's kind of a, a discount shop, or if you will, or something right. like that. So then like always comparing and contrasting. That's and a doing perfect those example. Cause if you look at Costco, you have a huge warehouse, the floors, concrete, the, the racks, they're pallets, right? So they so have the no equipment is what you're saying. Yeah. They essentially have these contract, these, uh, what do you call it? Constraints that are like, Hey, it's, it's metal shelving, it's whatever, but go into their clothing section and what do they not allow? 
there's like four people folding all the time, right? Because people are trying this on or whatever, and they're like, we're going to have organized stacks. They're stacks, but we're going to have organized stacks. Yeah, it's on concrete floor, but that's our constraint is we are a warehouse, but we're going to be the most organized warehouse, whatever. They don't allow for a disorganized warehouse. Something that drives me nuts, you go to Walmart like after 10 or 11 at night, you know, if you're like running in there and like there's like piles of stuff in the middle of the aisle and nobody cares. Cluster F. And the, the, what that tells the customer is if the, if Walmart wasn't in your mind already as the low price option, what possible advantage would they have there? Right. If you go to target, which sells a lot of the same products, same Ziploc bags, the same, probably same clothes, same deodorant, same whatever as Walmart. Right but they don't have boxes in the middle of the aisles. They don't have people that just don't care, right? They, And it's like, yeah, I don't price compare my deodorant at Target to like, what could I do at Walmart, you know? Yeah, you're going to go to Target. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it kind of boils down to what we taught today, like have a standard, right? So like we ch- we joke about if you That's were going to- That's good. Can I use that? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> standard. standard is a standard. We joke a lot about like, if you were going to have your in-laws over for dinner- how clean would your house be? Your future in-laws, not your current ones. Got to throw the wild card, right? (laughs) So if your standard is no toilet paper crusties on the floor, no overflowing trash can, no watermarks on the mirror, and no shit stains on the toilet, I don't care if it's me as the clinic owner and director or if it's the person that we pay that cleans our clinic. Everybody in between is capable of doing that uh, C-level task. Everybody can do that. I can do it. My wife can do it, even if she's just passing by. Um, heck, I have patients that have told me they do it. They, they like us that much. They'll do it. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, nobody's above any task. One thing, too, that I think is worthy of you just reminding me of is sometimes we need to outwardly show our customers that we have done the thing that's that's hidden from them. So the most blatant example is you ever gone to like a really high end, like a Ritz-Carlton, when you check in, you go in your room for the first time, there's a little paper band around the toilet. Like, we clean this. Every hotel in the world cleans the toilet, right? And Hopefully. And it, you can't tell it's been cleaned or not. Like, it's just white porcelain with clean water, right? Like, it, like to a point, it's like, yeah, that's just clean. Like, that's just how it is. Or they fold the towels and then put, like, the hand towel on the big towel and the washcloth on top. They fold the edges of the toilet paper to show you we took, we did the effort to work. Do that. It could have been hidden. They could have not done any of those things, and it would have been the same cleanliness level, right? But they outwardly did that. How can you do that with your patients and your customers in a healthcare clinic? For example, let's say you have somebody that that finally goes a week without pain. They're like struggling with low back pain. They go a week without pain, and it's due to the fact that they did their exercises, right? Making an example of that to somebody else in the office before they leave is a big deal. It's recognition, right? Like, Taylor, you're not going to believe this dude. Kurt did his, you know, he, he was struggling. Remember he was hurt a couple weeks ago? He hasn't had pain for a week, right? And if Taylor knows to high five that person at that moment, doesn't mean anything to, to Taylor. It means a lot to the patient, right? If, uh, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a place we go for uh, auto repair. And whenever you say, like, they're like, hey, your vehicle's ready. I'm like, okay, cool. They text you, hey, your vehicle's ready. Okay, I'll, and then like, hey, when you arrive, would you like a, they say, would you like a Coke, Diet Coke or water, right? Now, That's impressive. That's awesome. When I show up, what's the cost of those things? 
25 cents. Yeah. What I spent on my car the last time, $845. <laughs> I think you can make up for it. But when they confirm that, well, imagine if somebody sets up an appointment and they've never been to your office before and they made the appointment a week ago and they're going to show up 24 hours before. What if you sent a message saying, hey, we're looking forward to seeing you, Dan. Would you like a Coke, tea, or water, or whatever you have, like coffee or water? Regardless, if as soon as they say water, what they've also said is, I'm planning on coming. I'm confirming my appointment, and I appreciate uh, appreciate what you're doing. And they're buying in, right? Yeah. Would you do those things for that customer anyways? If they said, hey, do you have a water? Yeah. You would absolutely hand it to them, right? Yeah. But why not come forward with it and be like, would you like a water when you arrive? And if, what's your front desk person's name? June. June, if she goes, oh, Taylor, yeah, here's the water that you wanted. Did you want cold or room temperature? How much better are little subtle things like that, right? And how much more will people have that expectation? And especially if she uses their name and hands them the drink, you know, give them the choice, the autonomy to choose. I want Coke, Pepsi, or, or coffee or whatever you're offering. But again, it's like, what that does for the patient is wrapping the paper around the toilet. Like we would have done this anyways, man, but we want you to know we do it. You know, blatant plug number two, is there a software out there that helps you with that? Well, if you were a software client of trust driven care, it would help you to send uh, messages at the right time to the right people Yeah, and get that trust in the people. So one thing that we recommend people do address the biopsychosocial factors in messaging, for example, Again, if you're taking your mom to an appointment, your grandmother, is your grandmother still around? Grandma? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're taking her to an appointment. Let's say she's going to go to an appointment at her eye doctor, right? And this is like a freebie for everybody out there. She's going to the eye doctor and you're going to take her, right? Five minutes beforehand, Taylor calls you and says, hey, dude, I need you at the clinic like right now. I'm sorry about your grandmother. You got to do it. What would you do to ensure your grandma showed up to the right office? What would you do for your grandmother to make sure she went to the right office at the right time? Call her an Uber. <laughs> cool. Let's say you're in Troy, Missouri, and that's not possible. <laughs> that's a good How question. about this? What if you sent her a picture of the place, a picture of the clinic from the outside? It looks like this from the street, Grandma. Let me do it one. It looks like this, and you circle. You go use this door on the right. Yeah. So you guys have a gym door, uh-huh. a clinic door, and a. Is there another door over there or something? What if you send a picture from the front, and you say, "Hey, this is what it looks like from the highway. Use this door for the clinic." What would that do to that customer experience before they ever step foot in here? And then they meet with June and have this amazing. Here's right. that cold mm-hmm. water you asked for. Yeah. But before. Would you was would it be more likely your grandma shows up for that visit? Oh yeah. And would it be more likely that she has a positive experience for the cost of a picture text going in with a positive mindset? That's oh, right. Yeah. Well, like, it, yeah, it breaks down that people. barrier of. I mean, we all have a little bit of anxiety when you're going to a new Sweet. place for free. You know, yeah. a new place and uh, right. Yeah, even if it's a new restaurant, shit. Like you're like, ah, oh, well, what if I, right. I'm really gonna spend my one night for a week sure. to go to eat to, to this place? Yes. Give that experience a ten. Yeah. Yeah, a ten, ten, ten. <laughs> one, uh, one great point Josh made today was that when you provide that better experience, when you when you put the water bottles out, when you greet them by their name, when you put out their tennis ball to warm up, it kind of gives you the freedom to charge a little bit more. I mean, you're you're confident in your own product, and you know you're you're giving them that extra service. Yeah. Well, hell, why not why not charge a little bit more because that is an upgraded experience. People are going to want that anyways. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was reading an article and they were talking about. Uh, what a do, guy, Nolan. Thank you. 
Yeah, we got Nolan Clausen asking great questions and offering uh, blatant plug number three. Nolan Clausen is a savant. Yeah, great clinician and great guy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was reading this like article in like Forbes or Business, like one of those magazines you only see at airports. I yeah. remember, like, you know, <laughs> you Hudson News. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. they must buy ninety percent of these magazines. <laughs> so there, it was. I was reading it and it was saying that like. Disney's famous for like polling their customers and hey, how can we solve that, right? Like, so one thing they don't do is they don't let you see the parking lot because the parking lot produces anxiety when people are rushing to their cars. You're like, oh, I need to get to my car. And they don't want you to have that, right? So they, you're blind to outside the park. They're like, don't, don't do that. And uh, so this is talking about, they asked people like, what, what was your big issue at World Disney World? And they said, I, I realize everything's going to be expensive, but I, it really started getting to me on the third day, right? No, they want you to stay there for a week. <laughs> so yeah, they don't right. want you to have any pressure at third day. <laughs> so one thing that they, they did is they sent, uh, and this is years ago, but they would, as soon as you sign up for the Disney vacation, you bought like the week-long pass to Walt Disney World, they sent a DVD of all the great things you can do in Disney World, right? And they sent that out, and then they re-polled people two years later, like, hey, what was the big thing? And nobody mentioned the cost of food by the third day. Nobody mentioned the cost of food ever. And what they're trying to do is like, hey, think about all these great things you can do. And then when you go in, you're like, oh, we are going to try that. That's that uh, Sunday that's in the Mickey-shaped bowl, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, we got one of those Dole Whips. We're achieving those Dole Whips. We're achieving the Mickey <laughs> ice cream Sunday. We're doing this. Right. And they get you excited about it, right? And nobody mentioned it. And... And I'm like, oh my God, no. Now, the DVD wasn't free. They had to shoot it, right? They had to mail it out to everybody. That's like, there's some obvious cost there, but let's say it's, I don't know, their scale, $5 for total with postage and everything. Again, going back to like, if you're taking your grandma to the optometrist, you send a picture from the out, of the outside that says like, use this door, right? Go in here. Because like, I don't know if you've ever taken like your loved one to an appointment. The worst thing is you go on like the, the right side of the building and you realize that a doctor's office is all the way on the left side and you're like, they're hobbling down the hall, <laughs> you know, and you're like, God dang it. <laughs> but if it was like a video that said like, hey, uh, here at, you know, Troy Optometry, uh, on your first visit, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take you through this test and this test. You're going to sit in this chair and we're going to do the AA, you know, one and two, one and two, one and two. If you were sitting next to your grandma and she got that video that walks her through exactly what's going to happen, what would you think? Where, where would you recommend patients go to optometry, right? Yeah, there. So here's a kicker for you. You ever send anybody for an MRI? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had an MRI? No. Have you yeah. ever had an MRI? What's it like? It's brutal. <laughs> it's horrible, right? Like you don't realize yeah. like it's claustrophobic. Yeah. It's loud as hell. It's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Like it's super anxiety the first time I had one, I was like, <laughs> I really, the whole time I was going through it, I'm like, oh my God, I've sent a hundred people to have this. Like, this sucks. The machine rotation, right? <laughs> so thinking about that, and what would you do if like, let's say I said, you got to send a video to everybody before they get their MRI. So once you schedule them and automatically you'll get a, vi a video about what it's like, what would you tell them? You as a doctor telling your patients, uh, look, it's going to be claustrophobic. It's going to be you know, kind of laying out what, what they're going to experience that way when they show up and they got this machine clanking for 45 minutes and they got this two inch mirror to look out, you know, they, yeah. they know what to expect. It yeah. still sucks, but they, they know what they're getting yeah. into. And I think one thing I would include too is 
you can ask for sedation and don't, that's not a big deal. Like don't treat it like a big deal. All that it means is you've got to have somebody else drive you home. But if you're very claustrophobic, like I'm claustrophobic, like we, we went to a cave when we were on vacation in Tahoe. They're like, oh, check out this or mine shaft and the silver mines in Nevada. Dude, I got a hundred feet in and I was like, <laughs> we got to get out of here. It's caving in on us. You know? And my kids thought I was weird, but to that point, I'm like, Hey, listen, if you're claustrophobic, like ask for sedation, you just have to let them know a couple days in advance, right? How much less anxiety would they have right. to ask? Because a lot of people don't know that you can ask for that, you know? Also, imagine if you reframed it and like thanked them for doing it. You know, you expressed that, hey, this is, That's this a great is, this is important to that. your case. This yeah. is important to, we're this making this This me as your doctor understand exactly. more about what, I didn't even think about that, man. That's awesome. I was thinking about too, you were talking about like achieving things. I always look at like, if I'm going to go, I'm, I love going to coffee shops. Like coffee shops are my biggest thing. The biggest thing I do that coffee shops is look at their Instagram. Because if I can see the coffee that they're using, I have a better idea of whether or not they're doing pour overs or a certain different thing. Yeah. But it's certain like check marks I'm looking at. But I, I, even if I wasn't into, you know, a certain coffee, what if you had your crazy coffee of the week that week? Oh my God. Well, I can't wait to go into this place to try this. Well, then you just got boots on the ground. No different than I, you know, I'm thinking about, we talked about having on the wall, like the standards of yeah. fitness. Imagine if you continued to shoot them out on your, your social media on, on, you know, yeah. put them in front of people that could be interested in your gym or working out with you. Well, now you just had several touches with those people that could be interested. They know the standard that you're trying to achieve. They might actually like those things too. You gave the example of a black belt. Nobody walks into a gym and says, I want to be a green belt. They want yeah. to be a black belt, right? Right. Nobody signs up for karate and is like, damn, I can't wait to be a yellow belt. It's going to be right. amazing, which is such a good uh, analogy. But I think you could do the same thing in your gym setting of like, hey, we want you to be able to, to, to produce longevity. Like for your geriatric patients, we want you to age gracefully. That would be a great way. Hey, did you know that the number one reason why uh, uh, geriatrics go to the, uh, like the assisted care is because they have a hard time getting up from the toilet? Like, you know, like little things like that I think would be a great way of just simple marketing that you could, you know, if, if I wasn't uh, aging, like shit, yeah, I never thought about that, but I would like to get up off the toilet eventually. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, that's a squat. You should probably learn how to squat your body weight at least and going yeah. forward. So, yeah. Not oh, and, to, and by the way, squatting doesn't necessarily wreck your joints like your ortho and your MD is going right. to tell you it is. So, yeah. Weird. I think that's a, a part where we're not, um, like not, uh, not to toot our own horn that like with trust driven care, our, our communication software and our training is, I think that's an area that's been ignored. Like we've, you see the SFMA and, and McKinsey's going after diagnosis. You see DNS and MPI and all those are treatment. I think that communication piece over the next 10 years will be the next big thing. That's like, cause it, it, like those people you talked about where they're like, yeah, if somebody has low back pain, you just educate them and send them on the way. It's like, uh, I, I would agree you should also yeah, educate right. them. You should also encourage them. You should also help them understand. But it's it's uh, you can't just do that. Right. As much as you can't just adjust and be like, oh, you'll be out of back pain. It's like, nah, you're missing a big chunk of it. Yeah. When we're able to blend those three, I think like the magnitude of that goes great. And if you think, if you're developing world-class, like how, if somebody was... Um, so, so if you're going to the masters, right? Like you went, did you go watch the masters yeah, one time? Yeah. I said, if you don't know the masters, the biggest golf tournament, all of golf, bar none, like world, absolutely world-class in every way. As soon as you got a ticket, did your interest in understanding it go up or down? Way up. Way up. Right. And you're like looking at videos on YouTube, you're doing all those things, right? If we backfill that, 
if somebody's coming in, what additional information can we provide them about why do we use DNS here? Mm-hmm. What, like Brett's story about like, oh man, I was doing this and all of a sudden I felt like my scapula was glued to my body. So many patients I think would be like, oh, now I know why you have me doing this weird. Nobody's ever asked me to lie on my side and roll. Like it's weird. But if you understand why it's weird, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm part of this bigger thing, mm-hmm. right? And if we could send the right communication at the right time, I think the, like when people say like, oh, my patients are non-compliant, I'm like, they're, they it's not them, enough. dude. Yeah, yeah you're uh, just not communicating it well. Right. And there are certain things like an MRI where we're asking them to do things that are not comfortable. They're not, they don't understand it. We're always, human beings are always scared of things they don't understand. For sure. Help them understand it, it's right? It's our nature, yeah. Yeah, and if they're like, why are you cracking my spine? It's like, let me... Let me send you a video. Like, I'll yeah. take two minutes on how, like, here's 43 different research articles saying it's right. And let me tell you why. Like, show them a spine model. Th- things like that. Man, if you could, re- if that became the standard for healthcare, and then you go to sort of- Is there st- a standard? You said standard again. I did, yeah. We like that word, standard. So there was a study done with this program called Tonsil to Text. So tonsillectomies typically performed in, like, adolescent, like- 12 to 16 year olds, right? Kind of hits there. So who's taking them? Their mom, right? Like, so what they did is they sent out three little videos before day of and the day after. Here's what to expect. Here's a procedure we're going to do with your kid. And then day of it was like, Hey, here's some things immediately to look for. And the day after was here are some red flags of when to come back in. But most of the time, they might be uncomfortable. They might have a little bit of blood. But if it's not over, like, just help them rest. That's the most important thing is they rest. Two days from now, they'll be fine. Uh, I can't remember. It was like 80, they sent the message to like 80 parents. Every single parent said, this was awesome. I wish more people did this with my medical procedures, right? Every single one. And I think, yeah, because they're in this, their little baby that's grown up is like undergoing surgery. They're under general anesthesia, which if you guys aren't parents, like, has your kid ever been under general? I had one kid do it. I'm telling you, that was the most scared I've ever been in my life. It's yeah. like, I saw I him like do it squeeze for... the bag. Like they had to give him a breath to, you know, kick his breathing up. I'm like, my knees got super weak. Mm. Anyways, you're hitting all those high points and three videos did absolutely nothing to improve patient safety, did nothing to lower pain, right? I mean, the videos don't do anything except to educate. And all of a sudden, and the, the great thing where the provider said it almost completely eliminated unnecessary follow-up visits. People weren't coming in going, oh, he's bleeding. And it's like, right. it's normal. Like, right. it's his throat. You know, that, that's probably normal. Anyways, it just made me think like, if we were to capture that and do it for, because how many people come in, they're like, I, I blew a disc, I need surgery. Right. Like, you don't need surgery. Like, you're so far away from surgery right now. You have no idea. Why are they saying that? Because they have no inf- other information to fill their void. So Outlining your patient anyway. journey is so important, but when you do it in a, a manner and a demeanor like you were just mentioning, it offers the patient so much reassurance. So we have we have six different videos that drop throughout our patient journey. Love it. The first one is you made the right decision. We've assessed you. We've got a plan. The second uh-huh. one is we hope you're feeling better. If you're not, rest assured, help on the way. The third is, hey, we're nearing the end of your care. And by the way, we have the next step in your plan, which is the gym. And everybody in this room this weekend is going to have a unique approach to chiropractic care and integrative care. 
and we're going against the grain. I mean, I think it's kind of becoming a little bit more confluential, but we're going against the grain right now. So we have to really paint that because how many times have you guys had somebody walk into your clinic like, yeah, I got a rib out. I just needed, I need to put it back in. I'm going to go back and I'll see you in five just years need when it happens again. I just again. need an adjustment. That's all just I need. Need an adjustment. Yeah. It happened five years ago. Yeah. She adjusted me once. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you need more and you need to be guided. Right. We're not the heroes. Our patients are the heroes. We need to guide our patients. And if we don't have a plan for them, a beginning, middle, and a continuum. I used to say a beginning, middle, and an end. There's not an end. Yeah, It's a continuum. Even if you're just passive chiro care, I want to see you at least quarterly. I mean, at the bare minimum. Right. Because I don't trust your movement patterns if you're not doing the stuff that I told you to do in my clinic. It's true. And if I'm from the show me state, damn it. So... Come in, show me you're moving well. If you do that on three consecutive visits, I'll discharge you to biannually. Right. All right, guys. So that was part one of our interview there uh, after Clinic Gym Hybrid Live day one. Uh, next week, we will break up and we'll, we'll bring the rest of this and our, do our part two. Hope you join us for that one. Now, if you are interested in attending one of our courses, we periodically offer them around the around the nation and you can go to Clinic Gym Hybrid dot com clinicgymhybrid.com and click on the events tab and you will see them there all right we'll see you next week for part two thanks a lot for listening to clinic gym radio if you're looking for more information about me about us about our programs then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com again that's clinicgymhybrid.com you can check us out there We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.